pray. Father God, we thank you for yet another day that we're alive. We are grateful for breath, God. We're grateful that we're able to just praise you and worship you for who you are. We're grateful for your mercy. We're grateful for your grace. We're grateful for the love that you showed towards us, Father. And tonight as we break open your word, Father, we pray that we'll be able to see ourselves in your word. We'll be able to learn what you have us to learn so that we may be able to produce uh, the fruit that you have us to produce, that we may be able to expand the kingdom the way that you have us to expand it. We may be able to be the perfect peace uh, in, in the kingdom, the way that you're designed so that everything may work exactly how you envision, Father. We thank you that we we uh, humbly submit to you. We we uh, yield ourselves to you. We, <clears throat> we cast down our soul, which is our mind, our will, our imagination, our emotion, and our intellect, Father. And we declare that you are Lord over our life. We embrace the fullness of our salvation and declare that you are Lord and we don't make decisions for ourselves, but we allow you to make those for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, well, let's get started. You invited some partners, uh, <clears throat> and if not, they'll catch the replay. So tonight, our objective, objective is simple, uh, that every partner at FOC will be able to understand church vision and how God gives vision to his church, all right? And so that's the goal for tonight is for us to be able to do that. And so before I start, I get into that a lot. I want to just quickly go over the vision for FOC. Um, and so you'll be able to find this on the website. But this is the vision of Fellowship of Champions Church International. Number one is to be a church that uses the power of love, faith and prayer to impact and alter uh, people's lives. So that's the first thing that we want to do. We want to be a church that uses the power of love, faith, and prayer to impact and alter people's lives, all right? We wanna be a church that is known for its passionate worship in which worshipers seek to usher in the presence of God. So those, those are two tenets of what we're wanting to do, the vision, right? Power of love, faith, and prayer to impact and alter people's lives. We just don't wanna be a church that meets for church's sake, that just comes and gathers on Sunday. We wanna make sure that what we're doing at FOC is impacting people. It's changing people's lives. And the many of you guys that have been, been to FOC and been hanging around with us, you know that your life has been impacted by the word, by the word that you got from this ministry. Uh, and the people around you have been impacted by it, all right? And so the third thing, a part of the vision is to lead and development of mature Christian growth, where people are set free from strongholds and addictions. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter how you were raised. It doesn't matter if you were uh, raised in an affluent house or a house that was uh, in deep poverty. You have some strongholds. You have some addictions. It doesn't matter what it is. And so what, what we want to do here at FOC is to ensure that you that you grow up and you mature to the point that you break those strongholds and those addictions, whatever they may be. Uh, it could be an addiction to uh, drinking soda or drinking coffee or drugs or watching TV all the time or over-exercising. It could be anything, but nothing should come before uh, our love for God and, and our seeking the kingdom. And so that's that's part of the vision, all right? And then to create opportunities for people to experiment, discover, and utilize their spiritual gifts. 
Everybody at FOC has a talent and it is our goal at FOC for you to not only know what that talent is and know what that skill God has blessed you with, but also to put it in use in the ministry and for the uh, sake of the kingdom, right? So we're not all gifted just to be gifted on our in our workplaces. God has gives a, given us gifts so that it may grow the kingdom. And so many of those gifts, I mean, and, and your job itself is a ministry. So don't minimize, because sometimes they're like, well, I'm not a pastor, I'm not a deacon, I'm not that. But what you've been called to do is ministry. So you got to understand that God has called you to do that. But those same gifts, those same talents, those same skill sets can also be used in the house and FOC to, to uh, cause things to grow and expand. Because in order for us to have multiple campuses all around the world, and in order to do these things, multiple people are going to have to be able to step up and be like we call Clarissa skills. Well, skills can't be the only person designing graphics and doing all of that for the church. It needs multiple people there as we open up churches near beaches and stuff, praise the Lord, uh, and, and very temperate climates that it's 80 or above most of the year. I mean, we need people there that are able to run the ministry, that's able to pray, that's able to do those things. So we wanna provide opportunities for people to experiment, discover, and utilize their spiritual gifts, all right? And then providing ongoing ongoing leadership training for continual development of new leaders. We This is a ministry where, where you get to see a problem and create a solution. Right. That 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 is big. I remember when I first came to Pastor Edwin and everything. Uh, I, I mean, when I first came, I, the problem I saw, we had we ate cookies and snacks right after uh, church. Well, a lot of stuff wasn't getting cleaned up, not to the standard at which I thought it was good. So, you know what I did? I grabbed a broom. Why? Because in this ministry, if you see a problem, just don't talk about the problem become the solution to the problem. And honestly, if you do that same thing on your job, you'll find yourself getting promoted a lot faster. But that's a whole other conversation. So, but in the ministry, we're about ongoing leadership training. And part of that is just, it is always learning to be able to uh, help out in ministry and whatever that is, right? So you got to be willing to want to lead. And if you, like I said, if you come with a problem, already be thinking about a solution because you are, you may be the solution to that problem. And that's why you observed it, right? And then lastly, because um, I don't want to spend all my time on this, lastly, is to provide a uh, saint to saint ministry that will connect people for the purpose of developing, enhancing, and nurturing relationships. We are a fellowshipping ministry. We love fellowship, but we're just not like being around each other for the sake of being around each other. We are about growing up, maturing, developing, becoming better together. And that's what that's about. So that's the vision. You can find all of those things on our website. All right. So I want to, I'll use about eight minutes on, on announcements. So, um, and seven minutes talking about the vision. So the last 45 minutes, what we're going to go do is talk about church vision. Uh, and I'm probably going to teach about this uh, again when we end the partnership class. But what people got to understand is that there's, there's levels in the kingdom, all right? Everybody can't be the head, 
You know, everybody can't, we don't need everybody being a pastor, but we don't need everybody being a, a, the praise and worship leader either. We don't need everybody being a greeter. There are levels to things. And a lot of times people run over to the church and they don't want to. And this is actually a, I think it's lesson number five talks about church authority. Uh, so I'll blend it a little bit. But as we talk about church vision, you have to understand that church vision uh, is given to the man or woman of God, the leadership team that God has called to lead the ministry. All right. Me and April, we are parents. Right. And so for our house uh, and for our marriage, we have a vision. We have a vision for our marriage. We have a vision for our family. We have a vision for our finances. We have a vision for what things look like. And these visions all come from God because when I, we talked about last week, uh, salvation, when I submitted my life to God, what I did, I ceased to resist from my own way of thinking and I adopted his way of thinking. And so I'm like, God, what is your vision for my marriage? What is your vision for my family? What is your vision for my career, right? The Lord gives me the vision. He didn't give that vision to Aiden. He didn't give that vision to Ava. He didn't give that vision to Major, who are my children. He gave that vision to us. Why? Because we are the ones that he has called to lead the family, right? And so uh, that's the same way it works in the ministry, all right? And so though we have partners and things like that, the, the vision of the house is what comes to the man and woman of God. What came to Pastor Edwin and Pastor Sean in April of 2000, or probably before that, that's when the church started in April of 2000. But that's when God told them where he wanted FOC to be and what he wanted it to become. So they are the ones that God gives vision to. And so when we talk about tonight, we're going to walk through how vision comes and the order of that vision and, and, and how we fit into that as partners. All right. If you run over to Isaiah 61 verses one through five, it talks about the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim the freedom for the captives and release from darkness of the prisoners to proclaim the year of the Lord. In other words, that is vision, right? No matter who you are in the body of Christ, that is a vision for all of us. And, and it's just a start of how God has always talked to us through visions. He has always given us direction. He has always given us instructions. He has always given us purpose. He has always given us direction. Why? Because the Bible says, uh, without vision, my people perish, right? They, they, they fail. We'll talk about that in a minute. Why? Because a vision gives you direction. And, and for the house, for FOC, that vision comes through the through Pastor Edwin and Pastor Sean and those who, now I'm not saying that somebody in the ministry may not hear something from God and go to Pastor Edwin and say, Pastor Edwin, this is what I heard. And, and, and Pastor Edwin confirms that, right? But in generally speaking, you ain't going to have, Aiden ain't going to come to this house telling us how the house is going to be running. And so as partners, <laughs> you 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 get the analogy. I even in leadership, I don't come to Pastor Edwin and tell Pastor Edwin how FOC gonna run. Why? Because I am not the one that's been called to lead this ministry. And so we gotta understand, and I will just kind of spiral that in as we go. That, that the vision for the house comes to the man and woman of God of the house. And no matter where you go to church, 
that applies to your ministry, whether it's the Baptist church down in South Arkansas, whether it's the coach church, wherever you are, vision comes to the, to the man and woman of God that's leading that place, all right? And, and we know that God has been speaking to us in visions throughout the Bible. You can go to Psalms 89, you can go to Numbers 12, you can go to Genesis 42, and all those places, God is continually speaking to people about visions, right? He gave visions, uh, he gave a vision to Noah that saved everybody. And think about it. Did he give that vision to Noah's kids? Nope. Did he give that vision to Noah's wife? Nope. He gave that vision to Noah. Why? Because Noah was the one he called to lead the thing in order to build the ark so that everybody may be saved. And so what we got to understand in the ministry is that even as partners, we got to understand our place, that God may speak to us concerning our house, but when it comes to the FOC and the ecclesia of this house, then that vision comes from my man and woman of God. And this is what I would challenge you on. That, and let me just keep going in my notes. That way I get it right. All right. I will pull up Proverbs 29 and 18 for you, though. When there is no vision, the people perish, right? When there is no vision, people perish. Why? The purpose of vision is to provide direction. The purpose of vision is to provide direction. And so, in other words, when there is no directions, the people perish, all right? When there is no word, and I love what it says in the Amplified Version. I'm not sure if I, I didn't put it in the notes. When there is no word from God, people are uncontrolled. But those who obey what they have been taught are happy because they're blessed. In other words, when you live life with no vision, and this applies, I'm talking about the church, but let's talk about your personal life too a little bit. When we live life without vision, when we live, and that word vision, when we live life without a word from God, people are, un you're uncontrolled. I like how some versions say it, people live life without restraint. You have no restraint to you because you don't have a word from God. And so, Here's the thing. It's amazing how people get a word from God that FOC is the house that they've been called to. But when Pastor Edwin and Pastor Shun get a word of God for us to fast, then you're like, oh, that ain't me. No, the vision of the house is we fast now. And the same Holy Spirit that called you to this house and said that Pastor Edwin and Pastor Shun was your pastor is that same Holy Spirit that's telling them it's now time to fast. And so what happens is when you don't submit to the vision of house, what you're doing is you're operating as an uncontrolled, uncontrolled person who oper who does not have restraint. And what happens is it puts you out there unprotected because the vision is designed to do what? Cause you to live in a, in a controlled state where you are protected. And so when I don't abide by the word of God, I live a life that's uncontrolled. I live a life without restraint. I live a life under my own control in which I am now obligated to take care of myself. Does that make sense to you? I can't see your comments. So let me let me get over here to uh okay. Let me go over to your comment. And, and like I said, <clears throat> This ain't nothing that's gonna make you feel good, but we're talking about how how to be a partner in FOC, how things work, right? How to be a partner in your ministry, how to be a uh, uh, how to operate in your ministry, right? So once again, where there is no word, where there is no vision, people are uncontrolled. So the fact that Pastor Edwin gave us the vision, what's the vision? We are to operate in the power of love. 
We are to operate in faith. We are, we, are, we are to operate in prayer. Why? To impact people's lives. So as a partner at FOC, when I'm going out there and I'm living life, I'm living life in love. That and We made it easy for you. We are church teaching you to do what? Walk in love, live by faith, and experience God's prosperity in every area of life. So that's the vision for my life because that's the vision that's cast before me because I call FOC home. So the vision for me is to exhibit passionate worship. The, the, the vision for me is to grow up as a mature Christian and not always help need people to uh, always need milk. Did I grow up and I hear God for myself? Did I grow up and I can make decisions because I'm led by the spirit? Did I grow up and I don't always got to call Pastor Edwin or call Elder Valley and call other people for help because I'm mature because I spend time studying the word and I'm able now to help other partners in the ministry grow up who come who may be young in the ministry, right? Because there are always opportunities for people to do what? be provided ongoing leadership training. So part of the vision of this house is for all of us to grow up so that we may be contributing people within the ministry. So as new people come in, they're always having somebody else to call on outside the pastor, outside the elders, because you'll notice even as we go through this, uh, when Jethro was talking to uh, uh, Moses, he was like, Moses, Man, you're going to kill yourself. You're trying to solve every problem in the church. He said, you better get you some some uh, some men that's reliable that, that, that you can count on. And some of those men's, men will be over thousands. Some of them will be over hundreds. And some of them will be on t over tens. And so part of the vision of this ministry is that, that we'll have people who, who exercise their skills and talents and their abilities and take advantage of those leadership opportunities so that Pastor Edwin can have you be somebody that's that's a leader over tens. And as you become leader over 10, then now you're mature enough to be leader over 100. And as you're a leader over 100, you become mature enough to be leader over thousands. But if you if you don't operate under the vision of the house and you grow un, impatient without direction, what you want to do is come in being in control of something when you're not mature enough to do it. You don't even have the character to do it. You don't even have the good decision making to do it. You can't even control your own life, but now you want to be in charge of the department. Slow your roll and learn the system of the house. And that's why we're teaching partnership classes, right? So that people will be able to know how we roll. All right. So the importance of understanding the vision. There is only one vision. Go ahead and type that. There is only one vision. There's only one vision because if there's more than one vision, guess what we call that? More than one vision is called division, right? So more than one vision is called division or what we call division, right? So that word D-I means two. So when, when God gave the vision, he gave Pastor Edwin and Pastor Shun one vision. And the vision is always given to what? Who? the leaders in the ministry, right? Pastor Edwin and Pastor Sean. And from there, it is now given to who? All of us. And there's countless times in the Bible you can go and, and God spoke to Noah, God spoke to Moses, God spoke to Abraham, and they all delivered the word to the body. And that's how vision flows. The father gives his vision to the pastor who in turn directs the body of the believers. So that's me, that's you, all right? So, but when there are two divisions in the house, we call it division, and Amos 3 and 3 states this, 
how can two walk together unless they agree, right? How can two walk together? And so in marriage, April and I are married, right? We've been married, heck, this year, but wow, this year made 18 years we've been married. Um, we've dated since high, since high school. We've been together 23 years total. And you know how we'll stay together? Because there's one vision. Because, because there's one vision, we can walk together towards where we're going. But when there's division, when there's two visions, then there has to be separate routes to be taken. And so I and, and over the I've been with the ministry since 2001. So this will be my 20th year anniversary. So over 20 years, I've gotten to see people who have stuck to the ministry and people who have left the ministry. Now, there have been people who left the ministry because God has called them to do something different, right? Not tripping over that. That's not the people I'm talking about. But there have been people who left the ministry because their vision was just totally different. They have outgrown the ministry or, they, or, or what they believe no longer aligned with the vision of the ministry. And so there was what? A divide. And so a lot of times in marriage, there's a divorce because why? There's no longer a vision that, that is coming among, among both people. And so in order for you to walk together in FOC, then, and we, we'll tell everybody, FOC ain't for everybody, but FOC is for thousands around the world, right? We're not the perfect church for every person, but we are the perfect church for the people that we've been called to, right? So, but to walk in agreement, united alike, and to become one, we must hear, see, and understand what the vision of FOC really is. And so, and I encourage you to go spend more time reading on the FOC church about those tenets within our vision, right? So the pastor's vision is God's vision. Go ahead and type that, all right? The pastor's vision is God's vision, all right? And like I said, when I talk about church authority in two weeks, uh, we'll, we'll get into that a little more about the levels of it. But for tonight, just talking about vision, I understand. And here's the thing. You got to trust your man and woman of God enough to know that the vision that they have for the, this house, the things that they say, if you can't trust your pastor, you shouldn't go to church there. I mean, that, that's just the truth. If you can't trust the, the, as they follow God, if you can't trust that part of them, you need a new place to go to church, right? Because you're divided. Because when a man and woman of God is telling you, casting out vision, that this is the season uh, of great harvest, that this is our year uh, of abundance and overflow, flow that we'll be going into, we're moving out of ankle deep water into knee deep into into waist deep until we're swimming in this. This is the year that we are completely supported by the word of God, that we'll no longer have our own plan B's, that we'll totally rely on God and that he'll cause new encounters to occur in our life. If that's the vision for the house, I align with that vision, right? But if I'm going through and say, well, I'm broke, or, or, well, I, this don't apply to me. Well, this ain't it. Now you got two visions happening. And, and even though the other people in the ministry may be moving forward, you may not be moving forward. Why? Because you're divided. So you can be in the house and not participate with everything that occurs in the house because of division. And you get that. And I use family. God called, I use family a lot because God talks to me, talks to me in uh, a bit things concerning family. I had to tell my my, my son, uh, Major, uh, 
Uh, yeah, it was major. So Aiden, Aiden got a phone for Christmas. Uh, and I'll be upfront with you. It was not my intention to get Aiden a phone. The Lord told me to get Aiden a phone. And I'm like, and I'll be honest, I'm like, Lord, why why you want me to get Aiden a phone? Um, that boy, I don't forget how old he is, seven. I'm like, he don't go nowhere without me. And the Lord like, so you're going to get the phone or not? And I was just like, okay, Lord. And I just kind of kept piddling around and I finally did it. And the Lord was like, I, I wanted to honor him because of some things that he had done. And so here come Major running like, well, where, where's my phone? Where, what, I mean, I want a phone. And I was like, look, son, you don't get something just because somebody else got something. Aiden got that because he honored God and his obedience to doing whatever God needed him to do. And so God asked me to do that. And so many times people in the ministry or people in life, you, you get caught up because you want something that somebody else got, but you don't understand that somebody else may have been in vision with God. They may have been one with God in the vision and the things that God was asking them to do, they were doing. So God honored them. God blessed them with something because of their honor to God, their obedience to God, right? But major at that point, was because daddy didn't even want to buy the phone. Daddy was obeying God and getting the phone. So I teach my kids this. Listen, you're going to get stuff. I mean, daddy going to buy you stuff just because, but the best is reserved for those who obey God. The best is reserved for those who follow after God. And so the vision that God paints for our lives, uh, when we follow after that vision, that's how we get into the best things that God has to offer us. Obedience is the vehicle that takes you to the promised land. If the children of Israel had just obeyed God, they would not have spent 40 years wandering in the wilderness. Some of us are wandering in the wilderness because we won't submit to the vision that God has for our lives. We won't even submit to the man and woman of God that God has called to be over our lives. And because of that division, you find yourself in the wilderness because you won't submit. Because you think, and that's what the Bible talks about when it says, without vision, my people perish, or without vision, my people are uncontrolled. Without vision, they operate in self-restraint. One version says, without vision, they make their soul their Lord. So in other words, your mind, your will, your imagination, your intellect becomes your Lord. You're no longer submitted to the vision of the house. You're no longer doing those things, and you're wondering why, why ain't, why are, why are people in FOC moving forward? Why are, why are some people getting blessed and some people aren't? Because some people are doing what has been called to be done. If this is a year of harvest, I don't care what my money looks like. I don't care what the job looks like. I don't care what anything else looks like. If my man and woman of God say that this is what it is, guess what it is for my life? It is the year of harvest. If they say this is the time to fast, guess what it's the time to do? It's the time to fast. If they say this is the time to, to, to be obedient, which is always the time to be obedient. But guess what? I uh, spend time asking God, God, show me the areas in my life that I'm disobedient so that I may align, that I may agree with you so that I may be able to be uh, accelerate, to be placed in a position that you have me to be. Because when I'm in, because when I understand church vision, I am no longer the Lord of my own life. God is the Lord of my life. And I submit myself to my pastors as they hear from God and as they live God godly lives. I submit myself to the vision of the house. Does that make sense to you?
Yadare, submit. <laughs> uh, uh, and Courtney, you're right. The best is reserved for those who follow after God. And, and, and so, and, and you get that because look at your kids, right? Uh, as a parent, uh, you don't always uh, reward your kids the same way. If the kid is going to school, they're bringing home good grades, they're minding their business and all of that. And so uh, when it's time for things to happen, you don't mind investing in them, right? But if your kid ain't going to school, ain't handling no business, when they ain't taking out the trash, they ain't doing their chores and all of that, then you're not going to give that kid the same thing that you give the kid that's doing everything they're supposed to. Why? Because when that kid's not doing everything they're supposed to do, that is the perfect example of division. When the vision of the house is to come home on the honor roll, the vision of the house is to handle your chores, the vision of the house is to do this, then when they achieve that vision, things are accelerated for them. And so you get it in family, so hopefully you can transfer that to ministry. All right? Now, I know we all grown, right? We all grown folks. And Pastor Edwin, some of y'all may be older than Pastor Edwin and Pastor Sean. Uh, some of us are younger than to them. But uh, but Dalray hit the nail on the head when she says, vision is about submission. I am saying that I submit to FOC. I submit to the leadership of FOC. I submit to the vision of this house. And through submission, then I understand that I align my life with what the, what the church says is good for us. All right. And so when a partner states that they have received a vision. Okay. Let me get to that in a second. So the passive vision is God's vision, God's revelation for that particular area. All right. And so what, I, and then I'm drilling that home because we, it hasn't happened a lot of times, but you'll have people that come and they'll start, I mean, and let's just be frank, they'll start clicks and all this stuff within the church and, and start uh, making rumors and th things like that that don't align with the vision, right? So you need to know God for yourself. It's, it's what we teach and what we harp on. You need to hear God for yourself. Even if you come talk to Pastor Evan, Pastor Sean, you talk to any of the leaders, leaders on, in, in the church or, or just anybody in the church, the one question they should always ask you at the end of the day is, what did God say? Why? Because we're always wanting, that was one of the pieces of the vision, right? That was one of the tenets of the vision for us to, be, to develop into what mature Christians uh, grow. So what did God say? So we're not asking you to blindly submit and do whatever anybody tells you. Nobody wants control over your life like that. I got other, even my employees on my job. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a director on my, in, in my job. And so I got uh, several people that work under me. I don't want people just serving me blindly. You can think, right? And so even in the church, we all got the Holy Spirit. What did God say, right? But that same God won't tell you to do anything in 20 years, right? And I use myself for example. God called me to this ministry. And because the same spirit that called me to this ministry is the same spirit that leads my life. God won't ask me to do anything in this ministry that's, I mean, in my life that contradicts the vision of the house. And, and I'll, just, I'll just say a lot on that for a minute. 
a lot of people are like, well, I'll submit it to the ministry, but the Lord didn't say that about my life. Well, if the, if the spirit told you that this was your house, do you not know that that same spirit is eternal? And, and six years down the road, if he told you that this is still your house, what is he is asking you to do, or what your pastor is asking you to do? You can't now say that that doesn't apply to me. That same spirit understands that. Uh, and so when God asks us to do things, you got to understand and there sometimes God is asking me to do something. I, I may call Pastor Evan and say, hey, look, this is what I feel like the Lord is asking me to do. I need a little more guidance on this because I may not feel comfortable that it, it aligns or anything like that. But that's what submission looks like. I submit myself uh, to 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 the vision because of that. Then I am I am covered. Uh, I, my pastors get to see the blind spots in my life. They they help me to overcome things. They they help me to understand where I need to be going and how those things need to be uh, happening in my life. All right. So we were talking about those people, the the group of people that uh, that that don't agree with the vision. If you don't agree with the vision of the house, what I will uh, so help you do is pray that you find the place that you should go. All right. Uh, and, 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 and as simple as that, I have, I'll be happy to help you. Pastor Ellen, uh, Pastor Sean, uh, Pastor Chris, Elder Valley, Mr. Chandra, anybody, if this ain't the place you need to go, we will pray with you to find the place that you need to go. But we're telling you, I mean, if you go over to second Chronicles 20 and 20, you know, uh, Believing believe in the word, you'll be established, but believe in the prophet. What would you do? You'll prosper. So as I begin to listen to, as I listen to the vision of the house, as I submit to the vision of the house, then I am guaranteeing my own prosperity. And yes, you're grown. Yes, you can make your own decisions. But when I committed to salvation, I committed to have Jesus as Lord. And when I committed to Jesus as Lord, and the Lord said, FOC is your house. This is who I've called you to the place that I've called you to, then I now submit to that vision. Even if that vision means that I'm on my way to vacation and then it's time to fast. Guess what I'm doing now? I'm fasting on vacation. But, but people are like, well, I already had the, listen guys, and I know I'm giving extreme examples uh, and I'm wired that way a little bit, but I'm just telling you what submission looks like. Uh, that's what it looks like. Because I can't tell you how many times the Pastor Edwin and Pastor Sean have fasted on their birthday because the Lord has called us to fast. I know Pastor Edwin have missed many birthday cakes because we started fast on January 1st. Lots of them. Food does not. And I talk about food because if you won't say no to the stomach God when the vision of the house is to fast. And let's talk about timeliness. Uh, the vision of the house to be on time for church. And, and you always late. The vision of the house is to volunteer in some department, but you ain't volunteering nowhere. The vision of the house is for everybody to contribute as a partner, but there is no contribution that you have you have given to the ministry. All right. So so part of the vision is getting engaged. And I know we're virtual now. And so as we become face to face again, get engaged. Right. Find a place that you can go and contribute. Why? Right? Because that's what a partner does. And that's the vision of the house is for every partner to contribute on some level, even if that's just praying. If you're on a prayer team, even if that's working in the parking lot, even I mean, if it's cleaning up after church, if it's working with kids everybody is engaged because the vision of the house is for us all to have an active role in ensuring that FOC becomes a ministry that blesses millions of people throughout this world, right? 
All right. So the vision comes to our pastor. If you are up here talking about you got vision for FOC and all that, you out of order, man. That that ain't that ain't the way God do it. You you go to Second Chronicles, you go to Exodus 18. Uh, we already talked about Jethro and Moses. You go to Exodus 12 when the Lord talked to Moses uh, about talking, uh, speaking to the people. You can go to Genesis 6. The Lord talked to Noah about what to do. You can go to Jonah 1 uh, when the Lord told Jonah, the Lord told Jonah what to do. And then Jonah said, no, I'm going to do my own thing. And where did Jonah find himself? In the belly of a whale. And so a lot of us live or <laughs> we're living in the belly of a whale because we just choose to have our own vision for our own life. And so even as we talk about church vision, you got to understand that God didn't tip. God told you not to leave that job, even though you will make less money, because there's something he's trying to get accomplished for the kingdom. But you you want to take the job that makes five. I mean, two times more than what you make now, but the Lord ain't blessed you to go there. You better stay where you are called and where God has directed you and where the vision for your life is. Why? Because you'll end up in the belly of a whale. You'll end up someplace that you don't want to be. And so when we don't allow, and once again, without vision, my people what? Perish or they cast off restraint because vision keeps you safe. Oh, somebody... The safest place to be is where God has called you. Vision. Go ahead and type that. Say, say, vision keeps me safe. When I when I obey the vision of God, it's designed to keep me safe. So when I ask God, what does my marriage look like? And God says, you need to love on your wife more and you need to do this more. And I'm like, I may feel like, man, I thought I was doing a good job doing that. But what is vision designed to do to keep me safe? It's designed to produce the best. It's productive designed to produce abundance. So you know what I got to do now as a husband? I got to align to the vision that God has said for my life. So I do whatever God told me to do as a husband. I do it more. Why? Because vision keeps me safe. It is the thing that protects my marriage. It's the thing that protects my finances. It's the thing that protects my family. It's the thing that protects my life. And so as I submit to the vision of the house, it's bigger than just saying, I go to FOC. It's bigger than just saying that I'm saved. Vision is all about God's kingdom coming together to produce the perfect thing so that people who don't know Jesus may know him. The vision is about every knee bowing at the name of Jesus. The vision is about everybody who's having sickness being healed. The vision is about restoration of relationships. The vision is about repairing of the breach. The vision is about complete kingdom. And when we all operate according to the vision of our individual lives, when we all, with every ministry, when every church operates according to the vision that God has called for that ministry, then everything will work according to the kingdom so that everybody might be saved. And see, a lot of times we're so selfish that we get caught up in our own lives. God has given Pastor Evan and Pastor Sean a vision, but that vision for FOC doesn't look like the vision for the church down the road. Why? Because even within ministries, ministries have different visions. And so FOC ain't out here trying to do everything everybody else does because that's not what God has called us to do. So we got to stay our lane. But when everybody walks in their lane, it's about, it's, it's like the scripture. It says we are many parts, but one body. When everybody walks in their lane, then everybody's able to do what they need to do, right? Uh, I played football. So my football example is this. I played running back and I played linebacker. 
And if you freeze the field right before the ball is snapped, right, everybody's viewpoint of the field is different. As a running back, I was seeing a different perspective than the center. The center was seeing a different perspective than the tight end or the receiver. Everybody had a different vision, right? But when we all accomplished what we were supposed to do on that particular play, it gave the entire team the advantage. Why? Because the center snapped the ball to the quarterback who turned and handed the ball to the tailback. And as a fullback at times, it was my job to block the linebacker or the end that was left open because the tackle pulled, right? So, but when everybody did what they were called to do, it was executed perfectly. And the end result was the team advanced. So when everybody walks according to their vision, for their life, when every ministry walks according to the vision for that ministry, the entire kingdom is moved forward because it's executing the plays the way that God designed for it to execute. That's why you got to do the same thing in your marriage. You, everybody in the marriage, I mean, in a marriage, sometimes April takes the lead on things. Sometimes I take the lead on things. It ain't about who's in charge. It's about am I operate in the capacity in which God has called me to operate in this marriage. Everybody got to do their part. We on the same team. There's no competition in the in, in FOC. There's no competition competition among each other. Why? Because we on the same team. If the receiver, tell me what what wide receiver who just won the uh Super Bowl, Buccaneers. Tell me did did the did the wide receiver win Super Bowl, they did. Did the center win the Super Bowl? They did. Did the guy that's on the practice squad making the starters uh, learn the plays and do? Did, did he win a Super Bowl? He did. Did the did the water boy win a Super Bowl? He did. Why? Because no matter your role within the ministry, no matter your role on the team, at the end of the day, everybody on the Buccaneers won a Super Bowl. And so when you come into the house and you just say, "What's my role? What's the vision you have for me, Pastor Edwin? What's my place?" and you just get plugged in, it doesn't matter where you are, baby. When we all operate on the team together, we all win because we're all going to the same place. We're all winning the championship. We're all winning the championship. Does that, I hope that's making sense to you. Let me go ahead and wrap up, all right? Because we're keeping everything under the hour. So, so Ephesians 4 to 17 says it this way, all right? We winners, baby. Yeah, Jamie, you're right. We are winners, baby. That you walk not as Gentiles in vanity, emptiness, profitless, idolatry, depravity of their minds. And the Amplified Version, it says this. So this I say and solemnly affirm together with the Lord, that you must no longer live as the unbelieving Gentiles live in the futility of their minds and in the foolishness of the emptiness of their souls. For their moral understanding is darkened and their reasoning is clouded. They are alienated and self-banished the, from the life of God with no share in it because of the willful ignorance and spiritual blindness that is deep-seated within them. Listen, baby, you out here asking other folks, should you listen to your pastor when they don't go to church? They blind. You asking people who are not who are not even church, who are not even believers, that your family, I remember when I first came to FOC, I don't mind talking about myself or my family. Uh, 
I'm, they're like, Ralph, you crazy. You doing this, you doing that. Listen, I heard God say that this is where I was supposed to be. So I'm going to do what the house doing. I'm going to do what FOC doing. Why? Because you out here listening to other people, listening to the foolishness and the emptiness of their soul. You out here uh, trying alienating yourself. The Bible says self-banishing yourself from the life of God and being willfully ignorant. It's not that you don't know. It's that you choose not to know. It's not that your the knowledge isn't available to you. You're choosing not to listen. And because of your spiritual blindness, your heart is hard and you're insensitive to the things of God. That's what the Bible says. So, but when I submit to the vision, then I live a good life. I live a life of joy and abundance. All right. That's what happens. You, you got to be willing to submit. And here's what I'm telling you. If you're willing to submit, there may be times your flesh don't understand, but your flesh don't always understand the things of God. It's your spirit. Don't worry about how you feel. Don't worry about uh, what the other people are saying. What is your, what's the spirit saying, right? And why do I say that? Because you're not to be led by your own. What's your own? Your own, <laughs> right, Leslie? I drive to Fayetteville. I used to drive to Fayetteville every weekend. You know why I drive to Fayetteville every weekend? Because the Lord told me when, when I moved to Conway because the ministry came to Conway. Right. And so we did ministry here. We still do ministry in Conway. Look at all the Conway people on here tonight. We still doing ministry in Conway. But, but our main location is in Fayetteville, Arkansas. And so, yes, I get me and my kids up when we're face to face and I drive two hours and some change one way to church. Why? Because the Lord told me that's what to do. And people talk about me, my, my staff. I mean, they know I go up there to church, but who cares? Why? Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what anybody says. It only matters what the Lord has said. And as long as I follow God, there was always gas in my tank. As long as I follow God, my time was always uh, given back to me. I was refreshed. No matter the drive, my kids always lined up. We, I mean, so, so here's the thing. No matter where you are, you find what the Lord has said and you follow that vision. Right. Don't be led by your own. Don't be like, man, but what man, them gas prices. If the Lord told you to go to Fayetteville every week, then when you go, God's going to provide that. He does. Listen to this. God will never give you a vision without provision. God will never give you a vision without provision. Right. He doesn't do that. Now, you may not have everything you need the moment he says do this, but. You don't need it till you need it. And see, a lot of us quit on the vision of God because we don't have everything we need to buy the house right now. We don't have everything we need to walk out the business right now. We don't have everything we need to, 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 uh, to develop the marriage that God told us that we can have. And because we don't have it and we don't see it and we don't feel it in our soul, we quit on the vision of God. But baby, there is no vision that God has given you without giving you everything that you need to ensure that that vision comes to pass. Now, that was free for your own life. But, but, but coming back to church vision, God will not tell you to align to a ministry that will not be for what you be provide you with what you need for you to grow up. 
Bottom line, if God has called you to FOC, God wants you to grow up. God wants you to be a champion. God wants you to develop into a, uh, a leader. God wants you to go out into the earth and witness the people. God wants you to lay your hands on the sick and they get healed. God wants you to be a, 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 a surplus, a distribution center for the kingdom of God. God wants you to make $100,000 a year. Why? Because those are all things that God has said about this ministry. So that's why it's important to hear every word. As a, as a partner of this ministry, you are responsible for every word that is delivered from any person in this ministry across the pulpit. That's your responsibility. Why? Because everything they are saying aligns with the vision of the house. And I got to listen to it all, sometimes three and four and five and 10 times so that until it becomes real in my mind. I remember Pastor Edwin's first talking about making twice your age and making three times your age. That didn't sit with me because I had never, ever, ever heard anybody make three times their age. I grew up poor. I grew up just, honestly just want to live in a two-bedroom house with a carport. That's, I mean, that's how I grew up. But when I came to FOC and the vision of the house, and he started talking about that, I had to listen to that word over and over and over and over again until it became my reality, right? And then, then I was making my age, and then I was making twice my age, and, and now I'm at the point where I'm almost three times my age. You know, you just keep growing up, and you keep listening to the word until that word becomes your reality. And that's how vision is manifested in your life because why vision is designed to bring you to the abundance in which God has called you to live in. And so sometimes to be to experience the vision, you gotta not despise repetitive teaching. All right. And so Romans 8 and 14 says you got to be led by the spirit. Once again was talking about why you can't be led by your soul. Don't let your soul lead your life. Be led by the spirit. Romans 8 and 14, Galatians 5 and 18. Uh, and it says, when a vision other than that of the pastors begin to a pull, attract, or influence you, then its purpose to pull you out of harmony with the body, making you available to the onslaught of the enemy. And the only thing that came to my mind when I heard, when I read this again, is, is the series Overcome the Spirit of Offense. All, the enemy will get you offended with, with somebody in the ministry. He'll get you offended with something in the ministry so that you'll abandon the vision. Because if he can get you to abandon the vision, he can get you to a place where you're no longer protected. He, what did I tell you the vision is? The, the vision keeps you safe. So if he can get you offended to make you not hear the word that Pastor Edwin and Pastor Sean had to say, to make you not come to church, to make you cause to make <clears throat> to cause you to to miss out on the word that that offense is designed to get you to throw the vision away so what happens is offense is designed to to create division it's designed to pull it apart and i mean you see it with your you get offended with your spouse right you get you get offended with your spouse they do something you don't resolve the issue you just keep it quiet and all the time it's secretly digging it's secretly growing up it was a small thing you planted it and now it's growing up now you're mad now you're rolling eyes now all this happening and all of a sudden you blow up and your spouse is like what happened and you was offended six months about something and it caused what division and if you don't take care of it it'll cause divorce that's why you got to take care of things quickly right 
So I make this confession. Say, I will not become offended. Offense is a choice. Right, Michelle? That, that offendable class, it'll help you. If you ain't, listen, I don't know what the tag is or whatever, but if you, Pat Evan talked on an uh, overcoming offense class. I see the thing in my mind is orange, uh, but but he taught a series too. He taught a master class, offendable class, and he taught a series overcoming the spirit of offense that you can go check out. So if you're one of those people that uh, gets offended easy, man, you need to go read that, all right? And so lastly, uh, what we got to do at the end of the day, we thank God for our pastors and we thank God for our church. Because here's the thing, a good way to overcome to not become offended is to always be grateful. I always be grateful. I thank God every day for Pastor Evan Pastor Evan. Every day I look at Aiden and I look at Major and I look at April and I look at Ava. Every day I look at them, I thank my pastors because they were my example on what a good marriage could look like. They were, Pastor Evan was my example on what a loving father looks like. Every Because here's the thing, as long as you stay grateful, you won't become offended. And when, when they give you words that, that don't align, you understand that, man, all they have ever done was promoted my safety. All they've ever done was promoted my goodness. All they've ever done was help me get to a good place. So now that they've given me a word that I don't like, that doesn't feel good to my flesh, do I now abandon the vision? Do I now abandon the relationship? Do I now quit it? No, I, I grow up. I step up my maturity and what I do, I walk out the thing even though it don't feel good. And so some of y'all, <laughs> I say it like this, some of y'all become bastards because you don't allow anybody to father you. You walk away from being fathered. And when you walk away from being fathered, you become somebody out there that's not covered. And, and I know I, I know your daddy hurt you. I know your, your family hurt you. And I know that you got trust issues. But baby, God is trying to call you to reconciliation. But because you refuse to let anybody be an authority in your life, to let anybody speak into your life, because you're, these walls that you have set up to guard yourself, it's also keeping people out that have been designed to help you see the blind spots. It's been designed to help you help you walk out the vision for your life and those same walls that are you you have built to protect you are causing you to miss out on god's best so go ahead and say that say i, I am willing to be parented right i'm willing to be parent i am willing to be pastor because everybody ain't gonna be a son and daughter pastor evan and pastor son i am willing to be pastor and i won't buck against the system I'm willing to be pastor. And so that's what this whole message was about, right? Church vision. And, and you know, when I teach, I'm going to always give you something for yourself. And we're just going to hear God as we go. But guys, don't, and I, I, I hear that, don't abandon. Some of y'all just got father issues. And after, and, and y'all got to deal with that. You got to deal. Some of y'all been hurt by pastors in the past and, and you're afraid to really commit. You got you to gotta let the Lord deal with that. I mean, listen, you don't quit on your job when they fired you unjustly. You don't quit looking for new jobs. You don't quit taking your kids to school when you get a bad teacher. You, you didn't quit dating folks when you had a bad boyfriend. So why quit church when you got a bad, when one pastor's done something wrong? I get it. Your feelings will hurt. But man, 
I can vouch for Edwin and Sean. I can vouch for the Stricklands. They are here to grow us up so that we may accomplish what God has for our life. And regardless of what they tell us, I won't abandon the vision because I trust the God in them. And that's what you got to say. As long as the Stricklands follow the Lord, I will follow them. And that's what submission to the vision looks like. So I pray that tonight, partnership class number two on church vision blessed you. Uh, I pray that it blessed you. All right. And like I said, we are getting everything together to post the notes and everything from uh, all of our partnership classes. Give us a little time on the notes because we're amending things as we go. So all of the uh, teachings will be available. So last week's teaching is available on all of our platforms, YouTube, Facebook, all of our, uh, our podcasts uh, via Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, uh, all of that's available, okay? You guys listen to it. Uh, uh, listen to it. And if you got questions, I mean, whoever taught the message, inbox us. We're all on social media, uh, so inbox us. Uh, next week, Pastor Edwin uh, will be uh, coming to talk about, the. I think, the heart of the pastor next week. Uh, he's going to be doing, uh, doing that. And then uh, I think I'll be back a couple weeks and then we got uh, some other people lined up to teach. So it'll be several people teaching uh, throughout this partnership series. Uh, and so, but I encourage you guys to really dig in, ask questions if you don't understand, but under, but do this, do not allow yourself to become offended. Do not abandon uh, the ministry and the vision because your flesh don't feel good, all right? And be willing to be pastor, be willing to be father, be willing to be shepherd, and know that being a sheep isn't a bad thing. You know, uh, that that's not a bad thing. I mean, I may be a sheep at FOC, but at the same time, I'm a shepherd on my job. And so, but if you don't, if you don't have a willingness to follow and learn and to be uh, grow up, then you'll never be able to be a leader. That's just not the way that works. And so, like I said, in 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 in, in the spirit realm, uh, there are levels to things. So get in where you fit in, plug into the ministry, and when we come face to face, I encourage anybody that's within drop you you ask the Lord, but get plugged in on. Find out how can you get plugged into the ministry because as partners, we all contribute. All right. So let me get to the giving stuff. Let me go put up that real quick. If you'll, uh, you guys know that you can give, it's scrolling across the bottom of your screen. Giveify, push pay, tively. You can text to give by texting 833-969-0897. Right. So those are all your ways to give. You can also go to the website, uh, focchurch.com. You can go there. There's an easy way to give on our website as well. Uh, the next service that we'll have uh, is tomorrow, Ignite. So if you got questions about Ignite, uh, you can go to FOC Church. You can message me if you got a team that you want to join Ignite because uh, you may not understand something or know how Zoom and things like that work. Just just message me, uh, and I'll be happy to help you uh, with that. All right. So join us there that, and then Friday, join us at 6:30 a.m for our uh, Champion Circle prayer, all right? 6.30 a.m. on Friday uh, for, for that. Uh, and like I said, this is continue to uh, 
to continue to give, continue to sow, both in our ministry and ask God for opportunities to sow outside the ministry. Look for opportunities uh, to uh, look for opportunities to to be a blessing on your job and your family and things like that. Uh, and I challenge challenge you guys that to ask God, God, am I am I really willing to be pastor? And God help me deal with the heart I may have concerning church because there's such thing such thing as church heart. So, and if you need to talk through that and things like that, y'all don't. I mean, find somebody in the ministry to talk to. I mean, you can email anybody on the prayer team, uh, myself. I mean, but but get engaged, but don't be out there isolated so that the enemy can attack you. All right. Every teacher ain't a bad teacher, but some teachers out there doing stuff they don't got a business doing, right? Every every cop ain't bad, but there are bad cops. And so, but what I'll tell you that we got great pastors. In my opinion, they're the best pastors out there because they mine. Uh, They're the perfect pastor for me. And so, because when you are called to the FOC, Pastor Evan and Pastor Sean become the perfect pastors for you. They're not perfect people because they're human, right? I mean, that they live a life just like we have. They're the perfect pastor for me. And I pray for them because, because they're human. I spend time praying for them. I spend time interceding. I, I, I sow into their lives. Why? Because I want their lives to be as blessed as possible so they can always hear from God so that we can always receive the best that God has for them. And that's what partnership looks like is when I'm doing my part, if Pastor Edwin had to teach on Sundays and Wednesdays, man, that would be, now he did it for decades. I mean, <laughs> he did it for a long time and we'll get plugged in here and there and help him out. But I mean, this would be probably the first year now that I'm thinking about it, that we've had midweek service. He hasn't had to teach not one midweek service for a whole year. Why? Because we got plugged in. He got a pastor that leads worship. He got uh, Shundra leading prayer. He got Pastor Shun helping him aside, who's always been by his side. As partners, we got people in Victory Zone, and we got people, oh, Santresa, who, 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 like, I help oversee Ignite, but she really has been taking the lead on that. Everybody is getting plugged in and man, it's working. So I encourage you get plugged in. I love you guys. I am so thankful that I get to be a part of this ministry and help <laughs> help people all around the world. But I love you and I thank God for each one of you. And you guys are truly a blessing to the FOC family. So uh, thanks for hanging in there with us. It's 109, but I'm going to count that up to introductions and stuff like that because uh, uh, that can't count against my time. Uh, my dear, love you, girl. Uh, so, uh, so yeah. So have a great night. See you guys. See your teens tomorrow for a night and see everybody back at 6.30 a.m. on Friday for a champion circle. You guys be blessed. I love you so much and have a great night.